Welcome to the Buckhead Church Podcast. At Buckhead Church, we are for Atlanta because we believe that God is for Atlanta. And these days, it's more important than ever to be known by what we're for. And we hope this podcast helps you in your life and faith. We want to help you find greater hope with fewer regrets because we are for you. If it's your first time with us, head over to buckheadchurch.org slash new so we can meet you and send you a free For Atlanta gift on us. If you're not already receiving weekly emails from us, make sure to head to our website, scroll to the bottom, click stay informed and sign up today. The best way to keep up with everything going on is to follow us on social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free Buckhead Church app. But most importantly, I hope the following episode inspires you to take the next step forward in your faith journey this week. Enjoy. We all sounded great. The people up here, they sounded okay too. Um, You guys were amazing though. Um, If we've not met before, my name's Joel and I'm the new lead pastor here at Buckhead Church. It's hard to say new. I've been here a few months now, but I may be new to some of you. Uh, We're thrilled to be here. Uh, My wife and I moved here uh, from Arizona. Uh, about uh, a few months ago, but we lived there uh, for almost uh, seven years. And while we lived in Arizona, uh, there was a, there was in our driveway at the house that we had there in Arizona, uh, we had uh, two oak trees that flanked uh, our driveway, one on either side of the driveway that um, they sort of, every day as I drove in and out, were sort of a, a, a beacon of, of, uh, of a reminder of home. They were sort of like this runway in and out of my driveway. And, and I really loved them. Part of the reason I loved them is because we moved here from Georgia and there's not a lot of green out there. And so having these two oak trees in the middle of the desert, um, they, they were sort of more than just uh, trees for me. They were sort of symbols of life and, and they were really beautiful. Well, um, one of the years when the trees uh, lost their leaves, uh, this oak tree specifically, uh, it lost its leaves and, um, and they didn't return. As a matter of fact, um, the tree got really, really ugly and my wife wanted to cut it down. And so I, I tried to do whatever I could to try to revive this tree. I mean, it was, it was fertilizer. Uh, I, I tried all the different things that I could do to get this tree to come back, but uh, there was really no hope. And uh, the truth was, is the tree ended up uh, dying and, and the scorched uh, bark from the tree made it look really ugly. It was like this black, it looked like it got hit by lightning. It was this black tree like in front of our yard. And my wife was like, you have got to do something about this tree. Like I want this tree out of our front yard. And so um, I, I hadn't done anything. I was sort of uh, waiting and still holding out hope. And, and one day I got home from work and my wife, she, she informed me that one of the landscapers uh, from the neighborhood had come by. And what he said was that uh, if we wanted him to, he could help us with the tree. And if, if uh, we would be willing to pay him a hundred bucks, uh, he would remove the tree from our front yard. And so I said promptly to my wife, for a hundred bucks, I'll chop down the tree and move it out of the front yard. And she said, you're hired. And so um, I got a job as a landscaper that day in my yard. And I'm not great at things like that. I mean, I can mow the grass. I do things like that. But um, uh, the, the interesting thing was, is I chopped down the tree and, I, and I, I got rid of it. I realized the harder part is the stump. And um, I never got paid. Um, part of the reason I never got paid, I think, is because I left the stump uh, in the yard. But here's what's interesting is um, it was really a sort of a sad thing for me because um, 
this stump was something I saw every day as I drove in and I drove out of my house. And it, it was sort of a reminder of what used to be there or what was and what may never will be again in my driveway. And it's interesting in the ancient Hebrew culture that a stump was a metaphor for hopelessness. As a matter of fact, it still is today. If you were to go to the West Bank, uh, you would see on the wall there, actually this time of year, behind a Christmas tree. It's so ironic. On the wall behind the Christmas tree, you would see dozens and dozens of drawings, graffiti of stumps on the wall. And you would see the words, our fruit has been taken away from us. Our fruit, or is a metaphor for future, our future has been taken away from us in many ways. Um, this is all too fitting a picture of what's happened to so many in our culture, maybe some of you, over the last couple of years. Uh, it's, it's, it's so interesting as I talk with people and I find out certain hopes and dreams that were chopped down, uh, families chopped down, marriages, exciting adventures and, and business ventures, people's life work. In, in many ways, you may know somebody, it may be you, that you had a hope and dream. You had something you were working on that was chopped down. And the interesting thing is the people of Israel in the time of Isaiah, they could relate to this. Their golden era had come to an end. In fact, this is what their nation had sort of looked like. They were a divided and conquered people and they were displaced. Though this once prominent nation, the nation of Israel was prominent and powerful and prosperous. Now the metaphor for the nation was an old dead stump. And in this state of hopelessness, we never talk about this part because it's not the happy part, but into this state of hopelessness was the promise of God from Isaiah that announced that a Messiah, a savior would be sent to them. In fact, these are the words we so often read at Christmas time. And they say this, it says, for to us, or you may have heard it as unto us, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, which is just saying he's going to be a ruler and he's going to be a king, which begs the question, what kind of ruler? What kind of king? They had experienced lots of different types of rulership and lots of different types of kingship. The most recent was oppressive. It was enslaving. What type of ruler and king would be, he be? And Isaiah went on to say, this is how he'll be known. This is how he'll be referenced. He'll be called a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, and a prince of peace. When people witness this new king and this ruler, they will talk about him as a wonder of a counselor, a mighty and powerful God, not just a king, but a, a God over the universe, sovereign in all that he does, an everlasting father, meaning his, his love as a father will outlast all the rebellion of his kids. His love will be everlasting, it will outlast. And this new ruler, as a prince brings in a new era of, of kingship, in, in a new era of, of rulership, he will bring a season, he will be the prince of peace. He'll be the prince of shalom, God's shalom and flourishing to the world. Now, many scoffed at this. And in fact, they refused to believe that um, this was possible. They believed their time had passed. 
All of uh, all that remained of their nation was just this stump, and they couldn't see how this was possible. Their future, remember, their fruit had been taken away from them. This shalom that, that's more than the, the absence of conflict, this shalom that Isaiah talked about, this flourishing, this, this uh, completeness, this wholeness, which is what this means, that this king is promised to bring. They couldn't see how it was possible. So if you were to keep reading the next two chapters, in chapter 11, just two chapters over, Isaiah talks about where this comes from. And I wanna just spend a couple of minutes because this is so rich. Just a, two chapters later, Isaiah chapter 11, it says this, out of the stump of Jesse. Now we're going to make a little bit of a puzzle, but we're going to put it together. Out of the stump of Jesse will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. There's three things that are going on here. He references three specific things. And, and I love this. There's a, there's a shoot and there's fruit that's connected to an old root. So I wanna talk about these things. A quick timeout. Some of you are thinking right now, you're thinking, what happened to the Christmas story? We're, we're gonna to get to it in just a minute. I promise we'll get there. Um, but this is the hope of Christmas. 700 years before Christmas came, this is Isaiah breathing hope into people who feel hopelessness because this is a metaphor for their nation. The need of the hope came out of the stump of Jesse. Well, who's Jesse? And, and, and what's significant about Jesse? Well, Jesse was a farmer from, you guessed it, Bethlehem. And Jesse is, his claim to fame is being the father of King David. As a matter of fact, he was the patriarch of the royal dynasty that followed him, that followed King David to Solomon in the pro most prosperous years of the, the, the history in the nation of Israel. And that dynasty lasted for about 400 years, but then that kingdom was divided and it was conquered. And the Babylonians, who you learned about in school, the Babylonian Empire, one of the greatest empires in the history of the world, the Babylonian Empire took over the Israelites and the royal line was chopped down. It was cut off. After all they had built and all they had rebuilt, after they, all they accomplished, they had reestablished, after being conquered before, they'd reestablished the walls around Jerusalem. And David and Solomon together uh, built uh, the, the temple to God. Solomon completed the temple to God and a huge palace and developed this prosperous nation. And it was decimated. And this dynasty was chopped down and this hopelessness had set in. And Isaiah is speaking about this future hope about this shoot and the fruit that would come in the future. And he contended that out of this old dead stump, a shoot would come and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord and he will not judge by appearance nor make any decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. 700 years after Isaiah penned these words from the line of David, who was from the stump of Jesse, born in the town of David, which was Bethlehem, this promised child finally came. 
This promised child came into the world and as he grew and began, to, the world began to discover who he was by his own mission, he claimed that he came to do the will of the father is exactly what Isaiah said. He would obey the father's will and do what he said. Uh, he would say the things he heard the father say and he would do the things that the father wanted him to do. And he would bring God's justice and God's mercy into a world in need of rescuing. Then Isaiah vividly describes the, the fruit of this shoot. This shoot's gonna come out and then there's a certain fruit. There's gonna be a result of this king or this new ruler that comes. And, and the fruit is described as this, and it's, it's a beautiful metaphor. You're gonna have to open your mind a little bit because it's very metaphorical language of, of this type of shalom and peace. He says, in that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion and a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The son will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safe near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hand in the nest of deadly snakes without harm. And some mama's thinking, oh no, not my babies. <laughs> Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. This is the picture of the fruit of God's shalom. As I said earlier, it's not just the absence of war and conflict and problems in the world. It's a restoration to wholeness and completeness and flourishing, a restoration to the things the way God designed for them to be in the beginning. And later, later it would be described that if this, this were to happen, if this were true, that it would be good news that would cause great joy. But for whom? To all who believe, to all who come to know the Lord, to us, to you and to me, to all who needed hope and healing and help in this world. And then he concludes by saying this, and, and he brings in this, this last part. He says, in that day, the root of Jesse will be a banner of salvation to all the world. And it seems like he introduces a new idea. That, yeah, I understand there's gonna be a shoot and this fruit, it's gonna bring God shalom, but the root's gonna be a banner of salvation. Well, what is the root? It seems like it's this different idea on the surface. It's a little bit confusing, but... The, it, this would be cleared up for us later. This wasn't just the new, a new David, a new king for the world. This was the original David. This root would later be described by John as the word, the word of God. And John would tell us that he was there in the beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then the word ultimately became flesh and he dwelt among his people. You see, this root was in fact the one that would be the shoot. They were one and the same. He was there in the beginning and the foundation of all things. And here's the point. The point of Isaiah is that he can be trusted to bring life out of lifeless places because he already has. He's not simply the shoot. He's the root. He's the source and he's the anchor and he's the sustainer. He brings life. He already brought life out of the lifeless dust of the earth when he breathed life into it. He can bring life out of lifeless things. He can breathe hope into hopeless places. 
Isaiah says, he did it once upon a time and he can and he will do it again. And he'll do it again and he'll do it again. That tree that was in the, my front yard that got chopped down, um, it's interesting, almost two years after that, a, a shoot came up out of it. I, 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 it's like, it sounds like a preacher story, I know, but that's where I get it from is because, you know, when, when you have a good story, you got to leverage it. But this, this shoot started coming out of this stump. And this, this, it was amazing because I, I don't have time to draw all of this here, but the reality was this shoot came out of the stump and then several more. And then there were so many shoots. There was so much new growth growing up around this stump that it looked like an oak bush in the front tree. You couldn't even see the stump anymore. To which I said to my wife, see, see, we should not have gotten rid of the tree. There's still life in this tree. And it was a reminder for me of what was possible with God. You can't see the stump any longer, but it reminded me when I saw it. Each of the days and even to the last day when I left, that even when there's situations that seem hopeless, we can have hope with God. My guess is many of you, some of you, like the nation of Israel, you may be wondering in the midst of your current circumstances, where is God in all this? What is God up to in all of this? And you're wondering, maybe you're wandering. You're certainly worrying because your circumstances, it may seem a bit hopeless and you're trying to hold out hope and you're trying to hold out hope because uh, you don't wanna let go of hope. You know that that's, that's a terrible place to be and you're trying to hold out hope, but God hasn't shown up for you yet. Yet. This is true of the story of the nation of Israel. And this might be the word you need to hold on to and embrace in your heart in this Christmas season and allow it to carry you into the new year. This one little word, it cracks the door to hope for you and me. God's not done yet. Whatever your hurt or habit or hang up, that thing that's causing you uh, in your life to want to give up hope, whether it's a relationship or circumstances, it's interesting how just adding this one little word yet to the end of a phrase of disappointment can change everything. Let's try. I still haven't found my person. Okay, that was weak sauce, people. I'm going to need you to... I'm going to need you to help me out a little bit more. And here's the thing. I just want to say this up first. Look, look, I, I, I didn't, I, I want to believe you. But this is, this is more than like some name it, claim it hoax. The scripture actually says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. It, it leads us into emotional, spiritual sickness. Claiming belief in the power of Jesus, the one who raised himself from the dead, claim, claiming belief in the power of Jesus to rescue and restore and release and redeem something in your life is the beginning of hope and the beginning of healing for your soul. Sometimes all it takes is adding just this one little word to the end of your hope or disappointment. So I'm gonna give you another chance. I haven't found my person. Yes. Much better. Our broken relationship hasn't been healed. Yes. 
I haven't gotten out from underneath the mountain of financial stress I'm in. Georgia got beat by Bama, but it ain't over. (laughs) You can cheer for that. I'm I'm all about that. We almost had to kick somebody out of the first service because they started talking about Bama. So, but (laughs) I haven't kicked that bad habit in my life. I haven't discovered God's purpose in my current trial. My medical situation still hasn't improved. I still haven't found that inner peace God promises me. And yet, we can still have hope because when it seemed all hope was lost, not only did he come out of the stump of Jesse, this nation that had been cut down, but after being hung on a cross three days later, he walked out of an empty tomb, giving us hope that all things are possible with our God that life can come from lifeless places and hope can come from hopelessness. What God has done in the past is a promise and a prediction of what he will do in the future, but he is far too creative to do the same thing the same way twice. This is why Christmas is so important. Christmas is a story of a baby that was sent into the world for you and for me to us to give us hope and the promise of peace, God's shalom to all people who would come to know him personally and place their faith in him. Christmas is a reminder that regardless of what you see, whether it seems hopeless or cut down or cut off, destroyed, dead or gone, that God's not done yet. Okay, I made a promise to you. So with all of that as a backdrop for the hope that was needed in the Christmas season, I want you to listen to the Christmas story in a little different way. Check this out. those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem, the town of David, because it belonged to the house of the man of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night when an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom His favor rests. 
Once again, thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more messages like this, we've made it super easy. First, you can hit the subscribe button to get these messages on your device every week. Second, you can download our app from iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your apps. Or third, you can check out our YouTube channel. Just search for Buckhead Church and make sure to subscribe. Have a great day.